Jason Luber, the traffic anchor for Denver 7 News, and this is the Driving You Crazy Podcast. Soon to be heard in multiple languages, as soon as I can figure out how to make Google Translate read this back to me without sounding like the Stephen Hawking computer. (laughs) Joseph? Sir? Hello, how are you? I just found out about traffic zebras in Peru. I'm doing quite well. Really? Traffic zebras in Peru? Yeah. That's the voice of Joseph Peters. He's the overnight producer, uh, 6 a.m. producer. And you also hear Lisa Hidalgo. I'm going to get her comments here in just a second because one of the hazards of doing the on-air part of our job are your open to praise and criticism by the viewing public. More often than not, we hear negative comments rather than positive comments. And it's especially bad for the women who work here at the station and even worse for the folks in the weather department. I want to share with you one recent phone message that was left for our chief meteorologist, Mike Nelson, the other day. Mike put it in in the comment section when he sent it out to us. He said, and get off my lawn. (laughs) All right, here's the call. Mike, I have called in several times over the last few years about this, and that is I like to see all of these seven-day forecasts instead of your weather forecasters standing in front of it. They ought to be clear out of it. I want to see all of it so I can make some decisions about certain things to do and not do. It's very frustrating, upsetting. Lisa is the worst, standing in front of it and flailing her arms and hands in front of everything, pointing out everything. Anybody with eyes can see what they want to see off of that. They don't need her or anybody else standing in front of it and flailing their arms or pointing to this, that, and the other thing. Uh, it's very upsetting and frustrating. You guys got the best graphics and so forth on your forecast, and I particularly like to watch it there before 7 o'clock, about 6.50 or whatever, so I can make decisions. But there is no need for any of your people to be standing in front of it, including you. Sometimes you do. And I I don't understand why you don't put the seven-day up there between four and five o'clock, too, instead of the four-day. Anyway, it's, it's, it's totally upsetting. So please, please think about it and, and correct your people and so forth and get them off of the... Out of a clear out of in front of the seven day forecast, and they could probably stand off of virtually all of it. Uh, everybody knows where they want to look, and they don't need somebody flailing their arms in front of it. I guess that's it. Well, joining us now is Denver Seven Morning Meteorologist, the lovely, the talented, flailing I- arms. Lisa Hidalgo. Lisa, you were called out on that phone call from Mr. Grumpy. Your response? Well, okay. If the guy didn't sound just like my grandpa, I might be a little upset. But he does sound just like him, so I kind of like him off the, off the get-go. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of liked the message until he mentioned me. My, wh- why am I the one getting called out here? Well, because you are the one apparently flailing your arms in a way that is it, it, it affecting him to the point where he cannot, quote, make decisions. So I'll tell you what. So after we heard this the first time, we I watched myself. Like as, and in fact, I was thinking more about that than I was the actual forecast for the next few days. And I thought, and I really I, do. You think I flail my arms? Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say flail. You you, you have your arms. You point exactly right. I'm pointing at this, that, and the, and other, the other thing, thing, which is the seven day, which is important. I think to point at the day I'm talking about. If I don't point at the day I'm talking about, maybe not. You're not going to know what it is. Well, you know, will you share maybe some of your favorite memories of negative or positive? 
insensitive or inappropriate comments that you've received because you have received others in the past. How dirty am I allowed to get on this well, thing? You, well, that's a podcast. <laughs> um, and there have been a couple. <laughs> I've had a few. Joseph just laughs because guess what? He's he's the producer. He gets to just sit there and watch it as we take it, right? Right. Watch it. That's why we make millions. <laughs> uh, okay. So recently, yep. remember the guy, Ben Dover? Yes. That was sending me a lot of emails. <laughs> yes. Those were all inappropriate. I mean, I couldn't even begin to tell you the things he was calling me. You know what the worst was? When I was pregnant and people used to write in, this was, this one really got me. Uh, My belly, you know, your belly button pops out as you get a little farther out. And I used to actually tape it down because one woman wrote in and she said, how am I going to explain to my seven-year-old daughter uh, what's going on with you? And I'm like, you should probably tell her where babies come from. (laughs) I mean, that's my guess. (laughs) Um, So I used to tape that thing down with gaffer's tape. How sad is that? I mean, awful. And you also get a lot of negative comments when you wear sleeveless dresses and it might be cold outside and and the people freak out. I mean, I kind of get it. I get what they're saying. You know, we're sitting there talking about it being cold and snowy and we're in a sleeveless dress. Uh, Let me remind you, our studio is a mild, well, sometimes 68 degrees. It's usually pretty cold. Uh, And we're inside. And if you watch anyone on the big networks, GMA, Today Show, any of them, they're always, even in the middle of a blizzard New York City, in short sleeves. It's just, it's fashion now. You don't wear moo-moos anymore all the time. The caller suggested to Mike that he correct the weather people, how yeah. would you like to be corrected by Mike for the flailing? Oh, can I answer this one? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she can just make her own corrections. She doesn't need a man to do it for her. Oh, go ahead, oh. oh, I'm glad I didn't have to say that. That was good. Uh, no, you know, Mike is the best because he never, he's really good about being a good mentor and just being like, hey, I, you know, you should do this. And I've worked with him now, what, almost 11 years. Yep. So he's never been one to correct us. I don't know. What, what do you think? A ruler? Slap my hands? Oh, What's man. The best way? I remember that fourth grade. <laughs> yeah. Whack! It was I a went, yardstick. I went to a Catholic school. Yeah. That stuff really did happen. All right. So, all right. The last thing. Uh, you occasionally moan to me in detail about what ticks you off in traffic, uh, especially driving around town as you do. Uh, what are some of the things that bug you when it comes to traffic and driving? You've specifically mentioned the wide left. Yes. Okay. So, when you listen, if, especially people that are driving small cars, it drives me crazy when they, they go, okay, if they're taking a left-hand turn mm-hmm. and they make they go right to turn left as if they're driving like a 1975 Cutlass that's, you know, <laughs> towing, a towing a boat or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> and th- listen, the cars these days have really good turning radius. You can get around that turn without going right. Don't you agree? Yeah, sure. Especially in your Volt. Oh, the Volt, man. Have you man. told drivers what you drive? Yes, I have. Love the, the Volt. The best part about his Volt is it's so dinged up. It's like hail damage <laughs> central. <laughs> it just makes it more aerodynamic that way, like a golf ball. No, it doesn't. Yes, it uh, does. Joseph, what do you drive? I do not drive. You, you don't have a car? I don't have a car. How am I just finding this out about you? I, well, well-kept secret, I guess. I don't... <laughs> what, uh, does your wife have a car? She does. She drives a Volkswagen Jetta. Oh, that's cool. All yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. She's got a nice little Jetta. That's a very millennial car. Yeah. Is it? It's very drab. It's very boring. It's gray. I'm sorry, babe. It's gray. It doesn't really have a lot of personality. Does your wife actually listen to this? Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) There's no support there. None. None at all. Uh, I just want to say, thank you for letting me be on. I feel this is a privilege. I wish our our listeners could see the um, setup you guys have here. We're all jammed into this tiny little audio booth that's falling apart. And there's a Glade cinnamon stick spray in <laughs> Please here. Please don't spray that. I'm going to do it. Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> now there's goop on the ceiling and it's dripping. All right. With that, I'm going to drop my mic. Oh, you yeah. Perfect. Fun, okay? Thank you very much. Thank you, Lisa. Lisa Hidalgo, Denver 7 award-winning morning meteorologist here on the Driving You Crazy podcast. Out.
Lisa, by the way, is a huge fan of the show. She nearly knocks me down wanting to know when she can download the next episode. Uh, so she's a rabid fan. I would say maybe number one fan. It literally smells like Big Red in here. Now. It, <laughs> it does. There's a lot of cinnamon floating around in here. All right. Uh, on with the podcast. I've heard of some people who have skipped out on paying tolls, but none of them compared to this guy, Joseph. Look at this. A guy in New Jersey, a trucker, was busted for dodging more than $300,000 in tolls and fees. Jose Ramirez, who owns Mambo Transportation in New Jersey, was arrested when he went to pick up his impounded truck at the Lincoln Tunnel. He racked up, get this, 3,250 EZ Pass violations. Oh. How, how long do you think oh. he's going to be in prison? 3,200! So he just took the Easy Pass route every single day? Well, yeah, ways. sure. I'm, no shame in that game, right? Until you get caught. And he did. On the south side of Denver here, there's a, there, the big county is Douglas County, right? Yes. Now, that is the home of a community called Highlands Ranch, where it's uh, home after home after home, some biking and walking trails, parks, rec centers, that sort of thing. It's really perfect for families. It's a California development out there. And one of the big problems in Highlands Ranch is soccer moms and uh, others speeding down their streets. <laughs> and they do. They do speed a lot. Now, the other day, Douglas County Sheriff's Office, they set up a sheriff's vehicle a regular sheriff's vehicle, like a police car, right? Right, with a dummy, a mannequin dressed up as a police officer with the full dress blues in the driver's seat. The news desk called and got a response from Lauren Lecander, social media public information officer. She says we have been periodically deploying two fully marked patrol cars with mannequins in them. They're dressed to look like a sh- deputy sheriff. We use them in designated areas that have been determined as high crash areas as a deterrent to bad driving and a reminder to people to pay attention to their driving behavior. Hank and Charlie are their names. names. Yes, have proven to be quite effective, she said. We gather radar speed data in a couple of areas, deployed the decoy cars, and saw about a 5% reduction in speed after the decoys were deployed. So you're talking 5 out of 100 cars have slowed down. What's the, That's not enough. What's the speed limit there, though? Is it a 5%, you, it, is it 5% of people slowed down? Or reduction, reduction in speed. speed. Yeah, reduction of speed. Now, usually I think the speed limit where most of those areas are is either 40 or 45. Yeah. But there are still people that are doing 55 or 60 down some of those but streets. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, if you can get them down from 58 to 52, that's an improvement, well, right? Go. I don't know. Now, later she told the news desk that she, they don't think that they're going to continue with the program. We'll, that She says, we'll probably still deploy empty cars, but no mannequins in them. It was a trial to see if it was going to be a viable option. We did it just the one time, and it didn't lead to any citations. I'm surprised that they wouldn't keep doing it, because I, I would think that it would get your attention. Right. And why not? slow down she, let's back up she said she wasn't going to do it because it wouldn't lead to more citations well no 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 she says they're not going to continue with it they still are going to deploy the cars but they were just trying to see if it was a viable option gotcha. but they didn't lead to any site so they didn't write any tickets for right. doing this what? Uh, most of the time i've seen any dummy cars they've been in these rural towns right where you're coming up going from a 55 to a 35 or 25 all of a sudden like that yep well uh they, they always have been empty that i've seen 
Uh, I think they're actually a good deterrent. They they work on me. Anytime you see that car with the blue lights on top, even if they're not going, you just know I got to right. take it down. Right. I mean, if you live in that place where you see the dummy car all the time, it's not a, not as a, a effective anymore. Right. But I think it would still work for visitors or other non-local drivers in that area. Even the people who live there, I think, are going to get caught by it once or twice, right? Where they're just, oh, yeah. oh, oh, okay. Oh, sure. Yeah, you exactly. <laughs> well, and, that, and what you're always thinking in the back of your head is, is this the day that there's going to be a real police car, real police officer, sitting there instead of the dummy car, That's right? true. I saw the video, so we sent a photographer out there, and I saw the video of the dummy in the car. Right. It was dressed in the full uniform. It had a baseball cap on. It was wearing sunglasses. Well, you know, protect the eyes. Uh, at, so, at a first glance, really, I'm sure for the people that were driving, too, at first glance for me, it looked like a real officer sitting in there. Oh, yeah. Um, but you really couldn't tell it was fake until I think you were right up on it and noticed that the person wasn't moving. Well, uh, Personally, I just want to know who Hank and Charlie are named after, right? Like, oh, it's good It's got to be a couple of people in the Douglas County Sheriff's Office who don't know, but they've been they've got some dummies <laughs> You're named right. after them. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yep. Oh, this will be great. We're going to name it after these two jokers. And... <laughs> Perfect, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like the program, but... I guess yeah, I guess we'll see. Anyway. It's, yeah. how, how expensive can it be, right? It's not. I don't think it's bucks. expensive at all. I mean, yeah. they just sit the cars out there anyway. Yeah, Why just, not just throw the den- dummy out there, too? As long as you got the dummy. All right, so imagine if you're driving down the road, and you know you see billboards that line the interstate, right? Well, let's say they get, they're targeted to you and your interest. Okay, let me explain this. All right, let's say you're driving a Cadillac, or you're driving a Volvo, something like that. And the billboard then changes as you approach it to show you a new car from, let's say, Jaguar. Okay, because and even more high tech, if it was evening, you saw the ad with a dark background. If it was snowing, you saw the ad for the Jaguar maneuvering in the snow. And that's what's happening on on billboards in Moscow. What they're doing is, is that they're targeting advertising because it's, you know, it's it's pretty common on the Internet, right? Right. So you, you see that whenever you're browsing things. Well, there's there's a company called Snaps. Labs that uses a combination of high-speed cameras set up a distance ahead of the billboard. And what they do is they capture the image of your car. And it's a machine learning system that can recognize those images and, and the make and the model of your car. And it will be set for the the advertiser will want to set uh, a certain amount of uh, certain cars to target to advertise to because they because they believe that there's a certain type of driver that drives certain cars, right? Right. So your Dodge Grand Caravan driver is going to get a targeted ad for Juicy Juice, things yes, of that nature. Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly right. So the company... They know a lot about, advertisers know a lot about you just by the car you drive. They say that you can accurately estimate your income, your race, your education, uh, your neighborhood, residence, even even whether a city is likely to vote Democrat or Republican just by looking at the car you drive, which is, which is surprising. So in Russia, this company expects to be operating 20 to 50 billboards this year. The company is also planning a test of this technology here in the United States this summer where there are roughly about 7,000 digital billboards. By contrast, there are 370,000 regular conventional billboards that you have to put up the, the stuff on there. Gotcha. So with a row of digital billboards along the road, you could roll the ads as, the, as you're moving along, making the billboard advertising more like a storytelling, where the car, let's say if it was a car ad or a Juicy Juice ad, well, here's one set of the family in, the, in that situation, and here's another one, and here's another one as you're driving down the road because they're targeting you, specifically all those people in the minivans, which is pretty interesting, right? But talk about distracted driving. 
if you're now trying to follow the storyline of the digital advertising that's going on on the billboards, then you're paying attention to that and not to the semi that stopped in front of you. Absolutely. No, I totally agree with that. And more importantly, how can... I originally, when I first saw this story, and I believe that there's a difference where technology being tested in the United States right now, which actually pings your phone in order to change those billboards. And so they are actually pulling the same social media file that you would get on a Facebook or a Google or something like that that can target those ads to you. And that's a little bit creepier, right? Where Big Brother knows everything all of a sudden. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, because uh, there's limits to what the company will use the cameras for. That That's what they say. So the Big Brother aspect, they say, and I don't know how much we could trust them is not that big of an issue. They say they were not going to sell their data to individual of individual drivers, uh, though the company says they're interested in possibly using uh, it the data of all the different drivers to aggregate traffic patterns for services like predictive traffic analysis or traffic emissions tracking. Um, but out of safety concerns, they say the license plate data is going to be encrypted. Interesting. Because um, encrypted doesn't necessarily mean not on file, and it right. definitely doesn't mean not for sale. Or not forever. Right. Um, but, you know, it reminds me of that movie. I don't know, what was it, Total Recall, Fifth Element, something like that, where the guy goes into the store and there's an electronic billboard there that recognizes him in the store, and then there's a virtual person that appears on that billboard, and it addresses him personally. Don't you remember whatever what movie was that? Wasn't it? I don't Maybe know what Fifth movie Element? it is, but I can picture exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and yeah. so and then it tries to offer you specific clothes. Oh, you you know you're this size, and oh, I know you like this this shirt in the past, and, and tries to get you that way. I, I think that's kind of creepy. Absolutely, I, I I do think it's it is a bit of a of my privacy invaded right there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most of the time when I'm shopping, I I want to be anonymous, and I want to not be sold to i want to be have the freedom to to browse other things well and when i'm driving i certainly don't need people to figure out what the most important targeted ad would be and keep that keeping that in the background most of those targeted ads still aren't very good and still aren't very relevant yeah and you know there there are some benefits to targeted ads and sometimes it it actually leads you to maybe a purchase you would make but but there are other times so let's say that company xyz what they don't know is maybe I would be interested in something completely different that they, they've never known that I would be interested in. Yep. Right? Exactly. It's exactly what Facebook does. Yep. Facebook torques me off for that reason. They restrict what you see on your news feed because why? I, I don't know. Maybe they just... They're trying to be nice, right? They're trying to be like, here, let me give you exactly what you want. But what they don't take into account, what a lot of these companies don't take into account is that exactly what you've always wanted doesn't necessarily mean exactly what you're going to want in the future. And sometimes right. you really want that palate cleanser that you don't usually seek out. And, you know, maybe I want to see everything that's on my Facebook feed from all the people that I follow just because I want to see it. Even yep. if it's something that's not very interesting to a mass of people, it might be interesting to me. Yep. Because I have a friend that doesn't post that often, so you're not going to have a lot of likes. Or he's going to post one comment about, let's say, hey, he, he broke his leg. Well, he might have a couple of comments on it, whatever it is. But I want to know that, and my Facebook feed might not feed that information to me. Exactly. And it's sad because after a while... While you don't realize how many things you've missed out on because you just missed them. I don't like the algorithms determining always what I see, what I'm interested in, what I'm going to be sold. So I don't know. There, there's some benefits, and then there's the, the, this torque off factor. I'll tell you what. One benefit is is that the algorithm can point some people to the driving you crazy podcast. You think so? I hope so. I don't know if the are we on an algorithm? I mean, we've got if you're on the internet, you're on an algorithm. Well, then maybe my views are going to change here in just a moment as we're. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, no, I'm still that way. I, you know, I, I just, they, 
I understand this is a different world. I was just talking to my father the other day, and he's he the only reason he uses Firefox, okay, as a browser because he's concerned about privacy. And he said not just now, but maybe in the future. And I was trying to explain to him either you're in the Google world or you're in the Apple world for the yes. most part, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to be going with Chrome and and Google Drive and all and all the different stuff that Google has, or you're going to be with iTunes and Apple and I and, and the iPhones and the, all that other stuff, right? You're going to go either way, right? You, you, you like the you, you're going to either like the Stones or the Beatles. I mean, it's kind of one of the okay, in yeah. sync or Backstreet, right? You're you're one of those kind of separate things. Um, but he said that he only uses Firefox because he's concerned about privacy now and in the future. So he wants to be. Kind of off the grid, if you will. Exactly. But still able to access everything. Right. Exactly. Yep. And so uh, maybe that's the only way to do it. Uh, now that I'm all tor- torqued off and frustrated, Joseph, maybe we should take a break. All right. Uh, coming up, well, one city is going to go from the paved road back to the dirt road. Why? Well, that answer and much, much more coming up as the Driving You Crazy podcast continues. I'm Daryl Orr, and you're listening to the Driving You Crazy podcast with Jason Luber. I, I don't get to see the morning show. I get to hear it. And I think between you and Lisa uh, bantering back and forth, that's actually pretty funny in the morning. Uh, some of Mitch's dry sense of humor that he throws out there, that's pretty comical also. Daryl Orr, only on Denver 7. The most fun that I have is probably when we get to cover weather because, one, it changes all the time. And so it's something new literally every time we come on television. And then when we're telling people about the roads or about what's falling and we're really showing off kind of this is what the conditions are for you to know where we are, sometimes you can't help but throw a snowball or make a snowman or do something. And the photographers don't like it when we throw snow at their cameras, but we really do. And that's that's probably one of the most fun parts. Jason Grenauer, only on Denver 7. Welcome back to the Driving You Crazy podcast, the one and only podcast where we podcast about traffic and transportation stuff. Yes, it is. You know, I think we could make that into some kind of a trending hashtag, right? At least a bumper sticker. Okay, or maybe not. I'm Denver 7 (laughs) traffic anchor Jason Luber, along with 6 a.m. producer Joseph Peters. I was just down in Florida helping out uh, my family, my older brother, with some things down there. Uh, And uh, have you ever heard of the retirement community in Florida called the Villages? Okay. No. No, you've never heard. <laughs> no, never. I have not. That was a yes or no. Uh, it Really, it's a retiree storybook community north of Orlando. All right, they found this just nice big plot of land, put in some sand, made, you know, took out the swamps and, and made a retirement community. It's really the, the perfect place for me to retire because everything there is spotless, flowers are bountiful, golf uh, costs no- next to nothing, friends are abundant, uh, much of the lifestyle centers on the estimated 65,000 golf carts that they have around there because everybody drives a customized golf cart because it's part of their culture. Okay. It's just it's just what they do. So they drive these golf carts not only to play golf but also to hit the road for short trips to the supermarket, to the doctor's appointment, to dinner out, whatever. That's what they use. They don't really own cars. They're, they're, they're not driving their big Buicks or Cadillacs anymore. They're driving their golf carts everywhere. 
Now, the carts are convenient. They're energy efficient. They're environmentally friendly. They're cheaper to buy and maintain than cars and a handy alternative in areas where limited public transit, like the villages, where they don't have a transit infrastructure, is available. Plus, the drivers say, and I agree, they're, they're super fun and easy to drive, <laughs> especially <laughs> at a golf course late at night. It's a little thing. When you're not supposed to be out there. Amen. Uh, while the overall safety record of golf carts is not tracked nationally, some people in the villages are concerned now about how they're used. So most of the residents use their carts on the paths that are shared with bicyclists and some pedestrians, right? But the carts are also driven in public areas with just regular traffic. So you're just driving along with other cars and trucks and that sort of thing. So last year, the villages had 94 emergency medical service incidents involving golf carts. With 70 involving injuries. And when, you know, old people get injured, they don't heal as quickly as younger people. Allegedly. Allegedly. One of the, you know, because the old, the, the, the old funny <laughs> bit was you break the hip and then you're gone. It's, it's one of those things. <laughs> one of the causes of crashes are drivers losing control or, or the, the, you know, handling of the little cart steering wheel. And then they also hand it over to their underage drivers like their grandkids. And they're the ones that are also getting into crashes. With these golf carts. So in 2015, there were nearly 18,000 golf cart-related injuries nationwide requiring emergency room treatment. 18,000. Wow. So 24 states have statutes that allow local uh, places to regulate the golf cart use in public streets. In five other states, legislation has been introduced to regulate their use. Legislation that typically includes prohibiting golf carts on state or federal highways. You can't drive them down the interstate, right? You can't go on roads with speed limits above 25. Uh, and in some cases, their use is restricted to just the daytime use because they don't have headlights. Some of them don't have headlights, so you can't see them at night. But there are other golf cart communities, like Peachtree City, south of Atlanta. I've been there a few times. Uh, there's a lot of golf cart communities in California and there are some obvious dangers here. Having some of the elderly people driving golf carts on streets designed for regular vehicles is an inherent danger. Well, as long as there are regular vehicles on those streets, right? They're not shutting down traffic or anything. They're not streets that have been pre-built. They're right. just intermingling. Yes. No, that's terrible. Okay, but it, it, here's where I'm getting to with all this. All right, so obviously that's one issue, but this is where, this is where I was really thinking about all of this. And what occurred to me was maybe the world would actually be a better place if we all drove golf carts instead of regular cars. Okay. All right, follow me on this. Now, you'd be forced to drive slower. It's very difficult to speed in a golf cart, even downhill. You could fit more of them on the same width of road that we already have, so you're going to have less congestion with the same amount of roads because you can fit more of them on the, on, the, on the streets. They're pretty darn fun to drive, as we mentioned earlier. That's a plus. Okay, You save gas every time you stop at a traffic light since the engine stops running until you put your foot on the pedal again because it just... And then it's just sitting there not even running. They're lighter than normal cars, so I think there would be less wear and tear on the roads because you're not going to see as many ruts on the asphalt as you do with regular cars because they're so much heavier. Okay, uh, I think you could actually lower the age to get a driver's license since they're easier to drive. There's not, they're not as complicated. They're not as big. So maybe you're driving at 12 or 13. Okay. Uh, you could easily take shortcuts down bike paths and through golf courses. That's a bonus. I don't, there seems like there's a lot of questions to be answered here still. And I feel like the big one is you wouldn't be able to get places as fast, right? Well, sure, sure. And it might be a challenge. It also might be a challenge to make a trip to the store in a blizzard. But it, it's that way in a regular car, too, Joseph. That's true. That's, that's, 
Sure, you can't tow your boat or your RV behind it, but with housing prices the way they are right now, who can afford these extra things anyway? So what if we let rural Colorado keep their cars and just made it so if you lived within six miles of the state capital, you had to be on a golf cart? That might be good. That might be good. Just turn Denver into a golf cart community and let everybody else keep their cars. And sure, you know what? It would might be a little bit tougher for the young kids to go park over at the local hangout and have some, you know, privacy. With their best girl, but uh, being the father of two daughters, that would be a good thing because you can't really hide yourself in a golf cart. They're just going to find other places to hide. <laughs> I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I'm sure, look, the maintenance is going to be a lot less with a golf cart, so that's a plus. I'd imagine the little bouncy tires would be a ton cheaper to replace if you got a, got a, a hole in one of them. Yep. I think insurance would be cheaper since golf carts cost a lot less than regular cars to fix. And you wouldn't have those. Uh, you wouldn't have those cool behind the seat TV screens. Well, maybe you would. That some of the kids oh, like you so much these days. Would. I forbid those anyway. I would. Not, no, my. I force my girls. I say you, you're going to look outside. <laughs> you're going <laughs> honestly. I say you know. Look, look the world has a lot give, to offer. Take a look. Can't even give them a book, Jason. No, no. Well, not, they can read a book. Okay. They can read a book while they're. But we're not going to look at TV screens or or computer monitors or tablets or all that stuff while we're driving. As long as they can read a book. Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean that, that's old man dad stuff right there. That's, you know, look outside and learn the world. That's fine. I'm saying the same thing about my future children. They're just not going to be allowed to have smartphones until they're 18. Like, that's going to do them any good in the way that things are going. I mean, I'll allow them to listen to uh, the Pandora Disney Channel uh, in the car, but that's about it. And least, you know what? Anyway, I think that if we all drove golf carts, I think that could change the change the world for, for a better place. You certainly would not be listening to the Pandora Disney Channel in your golf cart. No, but you know, I'm sure you could have speakers that you could uh, blast it to every so everybody could hear it as you're driving down the avenue. Did you ever watch the Jackass movies when you were? Uh, I've seen them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they do the golf cart derby and the whole. Oh, sure. You know, a little bit. I feel like that's really what's happening in these retirement communities, and that's why we're seeing the emergency room incidents. See, and it, I, you know what? All this would change anyway when we get the self-driving golf cart that, that's true. that Bubba Watson's working on. That's true. So, there you go. Is Bubba Watson actually working on that? Well, I thought he had that golf... No, it was that hover golf cart hovercraft yes, thing. there we go. Okay. There you go. Anyway. But I thought that was an interesting... That That's what happens when I'm stuck on an airplane for four hours and all of a sudden I start thinking of weird things. I, I think you're onto something. I'll put it that way. So, Omaha says the answer to fixing their costly pothole problem might be to go back to gravel roads. They're right, but go on. So, as in many big cities, the infrastructure in Omaha is crumbling. Uh, The problem is exacerbated by the demands of uh, neglect in a network of residential roads that have have never really met code. But Omaha's solution is extreme. So, what they're doing is grinding up paved streets down to gravel and leaving them that way to keep costs down. The city calls it reclaimed. That's their euphemism for unpaving a road. So there's a resident, Joanne Amora. Well, she says it's really like living in the country in the city. Her neighbors sometimes hauled wheelbarrows full of scattered gravel back up the hill after a big rainstorm. And her house, she says, is regularly smudged with blowing dirt in from the street. Now, the mayor says the city is 50 years behind in resurfacing and repair of city roads. She says she wouldn't live in one of these reclaimed or unpaved areas, wouldn't want to do it, and adds that neither do the residents that live on those streets. But the city says that they almost have no choice because it costs so much to go out and repair and keep uh, and have upkeep and maintenance of these roads that if you just leave them the way they are, leave them dirt and leave them gravel, there's a lot less upkeep. Therefore, they're saving money. Mm-hmm. 
So part of the problem here is that the city of Omaha had inherited several developments when the developers went bust. One neighborhood replaced their street with concrete and split the cost with the city. Uh, some residents re, uh, say that they're reclaimed streets. They can't even open their windows on that side of the house. And children stop riding their bikes on the street after the asphalt r- was r- ripped out because it's either a dust bowl or too dangerous to ride on the streets. And I, could you imagine when they fall off their bike? And I still have a piece of something in my elbow from, from falling off a bike ramp, you know? I I, I'm not so worried about the bike thing. I mean, kids fall all the time, right? right? To me, that's not – you can't open your windows because of it? Are there that many cars using these reclaimed streets? Well, still, when you're even a car that's driving by, it's going to kick up the dirt. It's going to kick up the dust. And if your kids or you are out running around, if you're out at the street getting the mail and you're going to have it, it's like – a hazard here where people drop rock salt all over the sidewalks and then you have the rock salt on your shoes and then you try to come into the house. I think I'm envisioning a much different neighborhood than what we're actually working with here because I'm picturing like somewhere where the houses are a few like an acre apart. You know what I mean? You got lots of trees no, out there. No, these are not that's why we're just doing. an acre. No, these are like regular neighborhoods. That's what I'm saying. Like we're talking about something like the house is just off Colfax down in that neighborhood yes. where they're that close together and that close to the street. Yep. Okay. Regular yeah. neighborhoods. And now the residents there have responded with angry phone calls, obviously, neighborhood meetings, and, the, and, and at least one lawsuit has been filed about all this. Uh, but the city's assistant director of public works in Omaha said that their policy of unimproved roads is a matter of equality. When the houses were built two generations ago with subpar streets, he said, the builder and the homeowner saved money. But now they're bringing all of Omaha's unimproved streets up to city code would cost about $300 million. So the city doesn't have $300 million to... Fix all the roads that need to be fixed, whether they were already unpaved, whether they were in disrepair or have so many potholes. So it's easier for them just to grind it up and leave it. Twenty seven states have seen such pavement to gravel conversions in a 2016 study. It found in most cases streets were in rural areas and small towns, not major cities. But in Omaha, it's different. And while other urban areas, such as Oklahoma City and Lincoln, Nebraska, have some gravel roads, those streets have never been paved in the first place. And I think there's a lot of that. There actually are some unpaved roads here, in, in, even in, uh, in Denver and, and around the metro area. And the public works experts I've talked to, they say turning to pavement to gravel can be a defensible strategy, is what they called it. And you can't keep driving on a road that is, is so potholed that, that it's going to damage your car. It's better right. just to go back to, to natural. So given the complaints, Omaha has put in place a moratorium on reclaiming additional streets while a committee studies that issue. And the city has compromised with some of the homeowners by splitting the cost of repaving the streets like we saw that one uh, neighborhood split the cost of uh, concrete with the neighborhood. So maybe that's the way it's, I guess, technically a public-private partnership in that way. Well, I mean, it is, but you're talking about... individual residents being forced to raise money or put put their property taxes to it or something along those lines to me that i don't like the sound of any of i don't that. i don't like that either yeah i mean it, it seems that the cities should just basically they're one of the reasons you're you're collecting tax money is to provide basic services like streets that are paved correct you know and you, yeah. so maybe it's a factor of let's look at the budget again see how much money is coming in see where it's going out to and then reapportion what what what's happening here. i mean they may also be just banking on getting federal funding eventually to cut to paper over the difference right. which i mean i think a lot of cities and states and municipalities are really playing that card right now especially with the infrastructure plan that is still not yet funded but still being talked about and The most popular thing he's got, and he won't push it through. Anyway. So we all know that electric cars are very quiet, right? 
They can sometimes make a little hum as they get going. That's what my car sounds like. It's very quiet. You can't, you really can't even hear it when, when it's moving around. But there's a series of new regulations regarding just this problem, and car manufacturers are getting ready to make electric cars have them specifically make some noise. Okay? So the problem is, what should they sound like? That is the question. There's a French software company that's developing what's called an acoustic vehicle alerting system. That sounds fun, right? So these are some of the sounds that they came up that will that these are some of the sounds they came up with to make you hear an electric car. Jason, why? I am not happy with that at all. Why? Jason, why? The, the the company said they're trying to come up with sounds that are different than the sounds that we already know, than like like a Ford Mustang that was that was going from it a stop sign. It doesn't need to sound like the intro to a Skrillex song, it's just, That's <laughs> terrible. I mean, it sure is different, isn't it? It's awful. Now, I think they should have a user choice option like they do on a keyboard, like where you can make your car sound like a guitar. Or maybe a trumpet, or both. How about the barking dogs? You know how you can make it sound like barking dogs, and you're playing a song like barking dogs. I want to. I want to love this idea, but at the same time, I understand that it will be abused by many people out there, and I don't want to be around those people. I do. <laughs> See, one idea this company has is to make the car able to adapt the sounds based on the environment. Okay, that doesn't sound like any environment I have ever I have ever been around. So if you're driving in water, it sounds like you're driving in water. I guess I don't know. Will your car sound like the ocean waves when you're on the A1A? European countries made a requirement that electric cars have adequate sound alerting systems by 2019. The, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration says it has to be done by September 1st of 2019. So all electric and hybrids will need to have this warning noise when traveling less than 18.6 miles per hour. So if you're 18.7, you're safe. The idea is that when your car is traveling faster than this, the tires and the wind noise will provide adequate warning because you'll be able to hear them, right? I doubt it. I mean, honestly. No, I think there's something to be said for that. Like, if you're worried about pedestrians not being able to hear you coming, for the most part, you'll hear the t- you'll hear something. That makes sense. Here, I, I, I recorded the sound of my Volt when it's supposed to be for the warning when people that you're supposed to have uh, limited uh, sight. You're supposed to play it. This is what it sounds like. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. It's not manly. Again, <laughs> I still think you should right be able to. to I still think you should be able to choose your own sound and be able to change it as you like. I mean, even download new ones. I mean, imagine if it's like your phone where you can download new ringtones. You can download new sounds to make your car sound like uh, I don't know uh, a Kardashian. Well, as any Apple <laughs> user will tell you. But like, think of, think about like you can. On an iPhone, you could have literally any ring ringtone you want. Right. It could be me. It could be you. It could be a song. It could be whatever. Yes. How many people do you know that still use the generic one? There's a certain comfort in that. I don't. I can't think of it off the top of my head. The do 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 whatever. You know, like the generic one is always the most popular. So whatever these people decide is going to be the generic one is the one that we're going to be hearing from the majority of electric cars. I still think it would be much more alerting if you had the sound of a hundred kids screaming their guts out as yes. the sound. Or, or let's say a hundred cats meowing. 
How about an old classic car? Maybe like some that. of those things. You know, like a, an old Studebaker, an old Model T? That was where my head went. Was you go, Was you just make it sound like an old car, like a lawnmower or something like oh, that? Oh, like a lawnmower. Everybody's going to hear you coming. You won't be able to miss it. I think the sounds are endless. I think it's Or a train. You could have a train whistle, and that would really freak people out. <laughs> Maybe a dinosaur roaring. Or how about the sound of a tree falling in the woods when nobody is around? Well, that doesn't sound like anything, does it? Right? <laughs> or does it? Okay. I don't know. We, we never know because nobody's been there to hear what the tree sounds like. Beautiful. Honestly, the possibilities are endless. It could be fun. You could get char- you could charge people money uh, or for, for those. It's, I, I, th- I really do think it's a brilliant idea. I, 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 I like it a lot. You are speechless. I'm speechless. Just totally speechless. I- well, with that, then, I guess we'll wrap up this episode of the Driving You Crazy podcast. I mean, why couldn't it be Samuel L. Jackson? It could be. I'm sick of these on the plane. You know, you, yeah. could, yell at, you could have movie quotes. How yes. great is that? Your car sounds like movie quotes. Going yes. 50, going Driving through a school zone, cruising at 15 miles an hour, freaking out all the children. You could have movie all quotes. the Top Gun. Yeah, we have the need for speed, you know, as you're going. You know the scene at the end of Home Alone <laughs> where Kevin orders the pizza and the guy right? shows up to the front door and he plays the movie clip of the gunshots going off and the pizza yes. guy goes running? No, that, you that can, would be a little freaky, You right? can make your electric car sound like gunshots. It would, or, or, yeah, that would be perfect for terrible. Chicago. Oh. You made the joke. (laughs) Am I wrong? Am I wrong here? Uh, All right. Well, anyway. Okay. Now that I'm going to be not listened to ever in Chicago, uh, it's... (laughs) Sorry, Oprah. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Driving You Crazy podcast. I am the Denver 7 traffic anchor, Jason Luber. I'm the overnight producer, Joseph Peters. Be safe, and as always, happy motoring. Happy motoring.